This week on the Montana Mid Sports Podcast, we go over Montana State's loss to the Bison last week. Look how Choate's year three stacks up. The Calhoun redshirt situation in Missoula. We go around the Big Sky, look at the playoff games we have on tap. We do our Big Sky grades. We do our Stamps watch, our Osweiler watch. We try and make a fun podcast, even though the Cats and the Grizz will not be playing this week. Welcome back. Thank you, Delaney Lou and the Bird Dogs for playing us in. Before we get to anything else, huge news. Did you hear about this? Let's hear it. What, what happened? Former Montana Grizzlies head coach Bob Stitt just named offensive coordinator for the Bobcats. Ooh, confirmed. 100% confirmed. He's the new offensive coordinator at Texas State, the Bobcats from the South. Uh, the program announced that today. It's Wednesday. We're filming this on Wednesday. So... Yep, former Bob, uh, former Montana Grizzly uh, head coach going to the Bobcats. What do you think about that? What's your initial reaction? Well, uh, without looking it up, I honestly don't know if Texas State is an FBS school or an FCS school. I can't remember. Um, I think and so it's F- like, look, yes. I will always root for Bob Stitt. I, I, I loved him when he was in Missoula. Um, I thought he was just like an interesting character, an interesting coach, a fun guy to follow. So I will follow him for the rest of his career. Good for him. Um, it would have been more fun had he ended up at uh, a Big Sky School, um, yes. and that may still be in the cards. Like maybe he's just waiting for the right head coaching opportunity here uh, in the Big Sky. But um, yeah, best of luck to him. I think yeah, it's so, super funny. Yeah, super so he, funny that he's at this random ass school. Yeah, so Texas State is an FBS school. Actually, they're in the Sun Belt. They went three and nine last year and one and seven in conference. The Swamp uh, Belt. The Sun Belt. Oh, okay. The Sun Belt. The Sun Belt Conference, the mighty Sun Belt. They, um, I believe, Portland State or Sacramento State, somebody went down there like two years ago and beat them so bad. Even Weber, I can't remember who it was, beat them so bad that they fired their head coach uh, that week. I think that was North Texas. Oh, the mean green. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But still. It's a Texas school. It is a Texas school. So they're in um, San Marcos. So Bob Stitt heading to San Marcos. I think that's between San Antonio and Austin. The biggest game in terms of attendance that Texas State played this year was at Rutgers. Um, 40,000 people. Rutgers, pretty shitty football school. Um, and it's a pretty weak crowd for a FBS number one game that you've played this year. Home games, it looks like Texas State averages around maybe 13 thousand people a game so uh bobcat stadium san marcos texas will probably be a a lot more like playing uh at idaho state than at montana definitely and one of my favorite things is on the tweet that texas state football sent out for uh to welcome bob stitt to the team their hashtag is eat them up cats (laughs) oh that's actually good that's a good hashtag. Eat them up, cats. And that stit happens. A, and stit happens is still a hashtag. Eat them up, cats is a great hashtag. That is something that Montana State should look to look to borrow next. That's year. one I'm glad that Montana State did not adopt, and glad Texas State took that one from us and for us. 
So <clears throat> Bob Stitt going back there. Uh, another season um, comes to a close for us, uh, finally, officially, uh, of our two teams, the Montana Grizzlies and the Montana State Bobcats. It's officially end of season for both of us now. Montana State went over to Fargo, and it happened, what everybody thought was going to happen. But it was probably worse than I thought it was going to be. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and make fun of you that the Bobcats lost by 42 points. Um, There's a super high cover going into the game, 27, and they somehow uh, lost by two touchdowns more than that. Um, You guys were in the playoffs. In the playoffs, I'm not going to make fun of you for Trey Anderson having 71 yards on his first pass, and then I think like 53 um, after that. You guys were in the playoffs, so hats off to you. Um, (laughs) Got a playoff win. That's something the Grizz didn't do. Uh, uh, And I I didn't know how I was going to feel in this game. We've talked about this before. When Montana State is not playing the Grizzlies – I typically root for the Bobcats. Like my my dumb brain yeah. just wants me to Montana to do well. Um, but Cacres was such a, uh, a kick to the nuts that I did not know if I would actually be rooting for the Bobcats against North Dakota State. I, I when that that first seventy one yard pass when they went deep, I was like, oh my god, I'm super into this. I'm. I, I feel like I'm, I'm a Bobcat fan now, and then once uh, they didn't get into the end zone, I just turned off yep. the TV. It was over. Right when that happened, it was over. That was a, it was an awesome opening play. Um, Cassis, it looked like he was trying to go for kind of like a dramatic touchdown dive and just didn't get in. And then the Cats, it was kind of a foreshadowing of things to come when they're at the two or three yard line, and like they couldn't move the ball an inch against that NDSU defense uh, in the red zone there. So, uh, yeah, it was a game that... I did not think we were going to win. Obviously, I picked uh, North Dakota State to cover. I picked Trey Anderson to be under 150 yards passing. So I, I saw it coming. And uh, one interesting thing, though, is Trey Anderson did throw for more yards than uh, Easton Stick, who is up for like, basically the Heisman Trophy of the FCS. That is true. Um, but what, what do you – I mean, <laughs> is it just because NDSU did not need to uh, throw yeah. the ball? Was, they were Well, they had three players rush for over 100 yards. Then a guy rushed for 127, 118, and 103. So they gained 407 yards on the ground, so I don't think they really needed to uh, put the ball in the air that much that game. Easton Stick had seven completions to seven different receivers. That's very true. So yeah, like he was very efficient. I think that's what they said all year. Is, this is the first NDSU game I watched this year, obviously, but uh, very efficient. He's kind of that game manager. Kind of reminds you of maybe of an Alex Smith. Sure. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, I, I, don't State have, I don't have too much of an opinion on him. I mean, they, the team is as Ridiculous. good as advertised. It is, uh, uh, I, I mean, it, it was like watching a one our team is play a good FBS school. Like, you know, could in terms of watching the game, do you think that NDSU dominated any more or less than when you were up in Pullman watching the Cats play Washington State a couple years ago? I felt, I honestly felt that. NDSU dominated way more than that. They it was this team seemed so much more leaps and bounds above the Bobcats than actually Wazoo did that year. Yeah. And again, maybe this is what we've talked about recency bias, and, and they were playing hard, and maybe Wazoo obviously isn't going to come out with a playoff atmosphere, but NDSU looked as tough or tougher than Wazoo did a year ago up in Pullman. Hmm. It, it was just 
unbelievable what what they what they look like. They don't even they obviously don't look like a FCS team at all. No, no, and I mean you know, I hope that one of the Big Sky uh, teams make it makes it to play against them because I'd like to see what the best of the Big Sky can can do. I mean I think we all agree that the the UC Davis Eastern and Weber tier. Those teams are in a different level than Montana. Montana State was this year, um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can make the score any closer. But based on that small sample size of one game against Montana State, I'm not super confident in anyone taking down the Bison this year. No, and I it, every single phase of that game, whether I mean special teams, defense, offense, they were at uh, another level. And so I'm watching this on the TV and. You know, after after they get down fourteen to three or twenty one to three, I know they're not coming back. And then it's just kind of you're like, maybe they can keep it close. Maybe they can make it look more respectable um, when someone looks at the score on ESPN afterwards. And NDSU did not slow down; they just kept taking it to them. It, it was one of the more impressive games I've ever seen an FCS team play. I think. Yep. No, I agree. Um, a couple more Texas State facts that I've been reading since <laughs> we're going we back to Texas the game. State. Um, Texas State first round of the FCS playoffs in two thousand eight lost to Montana, so this might be kind of a revenge move on Bob Stitt's part. Also, um, just to mark your calendars, Texas State has one rivalry, and it's the University of Texas and San Antonio Roadrunners. UTSA. So those are. Those are FBS schools. Well, see, UTSA actually started playing football. I lived in San Antonio uh, for a couple years after Not college. To Not to brag, big deal. Um, and UTSA re came in as an FCS school when they brought back their program, um, and then jumped up to FBS like a couple years later. So they were FB- FCS for a little bit, and then uh, really interesting school, really big commuter school, but it's massive. It's a massive school. That's a little more Texas tidbits for you since we only had one game to talk about this week, uh, really yeah. in depth. Yeah, and I think that, look, I'm, I'm comfortable with making us kind of the one-stop shop for Bob Stitt next year, um, looking into how his record and his stats are improving at Texas State, how his offense is, uh, you, know, you know, now that he's got a whole team, a whole offense to run, how, how he's doing in the, in the, in the big time. We'll, we'll be keeping eyes on him. We'll definitely be keeping eyes on him. Uh, another person we'll have to keep an eye on, and I just want to give him one more shout-out. And again, this isn't the Troy Anderson podcast, but you have to be pretty impressed with what that guy did. 126 yards on the ground against NDSU in that defense. Someone was trying to look up when NDSU last had a quarterback run for over 100 yards on them, and they couldn't find it. Um, anywhere kind of in the record books is going to take a little while. I don't know who that was, and I'm not going to go back and look it up. But uh, pretty impressive Impressive season for Troy Anderson. He finished with 1,412 rushing yards and 21 touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. That's and he is all time Bobcat single season record, right? Yes. Did he and break believe, it in the NDSU game? Yes. And I believe it was because he had the 52 yard run in the NDSU game to break the tie. 20 was a tie, 21 gives him the record. Uh, and his 1,412 yards is a obviously a rushing record for a quarterback at Montana State as well. Yeah, I mean, he's an all-time Bobcat from a Grizz fan perspective. He's probably the the most fun Bobcat uh, that I've ever had the opportunity to root for. I, I can't really think of others. Um, but from you've been a fan. You're you're born in the mid '80s, 
you've been a fan since probably the early 90s when we started paying attention. In that time period, does this Troy Anderson make your Bobcat uh, Mount Rushmore? 100%. Ooh, okay. That's not even close. Okay, who else is on it? Uh, I'd gotta, I ha- you'd have to put Lule on there for winning three out of four against the Grizz and breaking the streak. Um, I think Kane Ione for everything he did while he was playing and then also for you know just what he did on the coaching staff as well. I'd have to put Troy Anderson on there. And this is where these Mount Rushmore's, again, get into that recency bias. I loved Cody Kirk. I loved Elvis Apgla. Ryan Johnson was amazing when he was running back. Man, we had a bunch of... There's a lot of them up there, but I'm, I'm going to put Troy on it, even though I can't tell you who my fourth is, because that's a really hard one to pick. Okay. So I'm putting Troy on there. All right. Well, I think I don't think we need to talk about that Bobcat loss anymore. Well, um, it does. I mean, there's one thing that that loss did is it did put uh, head coach Jeff Choate one game under 500 for his career record oh, at Montana right. State. Yeah. So he got to 500 uh, when they beat Incarnate Word. Uh, on the uh-huh. 24th of November. So then you kind of saw it coming that he was going to be one game under 500. Probably yep. after that North Dakota State game, it happened. And uh, <clears throat> someone at the Mint office put up a nice little post on the Montana Mint Instagram page uh, as revenge for my stadium post the week before. And uh, got some pretty harsh criticism from the Montana State side. Do you want yeah, to explain, people, people Bear that, So... Uh, People can go to our Instagram or Twitter or anywhere else on social media and find it. Um, just look, we are a hard-hitting news organization. We put out just the facts. Um, and when you compare Bob Stitt's first three years to Jeff Choate's first three years, Bob Stitt kind of beats him on, on every level, except, of course, for Cat Grizz record. Because um, Jeff Choate's 3-0. and 3-0. Bob Stitt went 1-2. and Um but it's just putting it out there that, you know, here's, here's all the facts. Make up well, your own mind. Well, you forgot to put the Cat Grizz record on there, actually, when you made Make that. up your own mind. Um, <laughs> all the facts except that one. Different, different standards for the two schools. Then we just we pointed out mm. that Bob Stitt uh, was fired and that Jeff Choate is uh, carried around on people's shoulders throughout the city because. of Bozeman. Like a, like a huge hero. And we got, yeah, people were, people were not pleased. We even got no. some, like, Harsh words from Grizz fans, like "Whoa, this is, this is too far." I think that that people just need to chill the fuck out. Like, it is, <laughs> it is just football. Look, go look on our Facebook page. I forget if it's on the Mint's main page or on the sports page, but there's like 60 comments, um, and I would say 40 of them people are expressing how offended they are and how frustrated they are. It's like, look, it's when your team loses. I laughed. This type, this type of thing happens. You said that you laughed, but I could tell just through the tone of your, no. of your uh, Slack messages, you were, <laughs> you were heated. Well, one, it was a group text, and so it could not become a part of company record. And two, I was just bringing some things up that maybe when I posted the stadium pictures, some people at the Mint got mad at me. I was pointing out that should I be mad at this post as well, just to kind of even everything out. And I was not. It was funny. It's content, but it's also super funny. It it's was, also it was. We can all agree that it was super. It was funny. funny. Yeah, like it gets likes. It it gets out there. It, it's it's. I didn't hate it. I wasn't going to be pissed off about an Instagram post. Uh, it did bring up the discussion that you know Bob Stitt 
kind of peaked in his first year, whereas Jeff Choate is still climbing the mountain and has oh, yet Bob to State, peak. To be to be completely transparent, Bob State peaked in game one. Yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, I kind of, in a way now, looking back on it, feel bad for him that he won that game because there was literally nothing he could do save for a national championship that was going to match that for Grizz fans. Yep. So, yeah, but it was a funny, funny post. And uh, like Bear Tycoon said, just chill out. We're, we're all having fun here. And I did not take it personally. And no, I was not pissed off. I just wanted to bring it up to the other Mint members that maybe got mad at me for my post. And, mm-hmm. you know, just show that I'm, uh, I can handle it. I'm a mature adult. The weird thing on your post was you were talking about how like, there's nobody in seats in Missoula. And look at all these seats in Bozeman. But there were a lot of empty seats for that Bozeman game. It was cold. And that, yeah. that Missoula one was a stock photo. All I just did was Montana Grizzly Stadium's snow. And that came up. That was not a live look that day. I was just lucky that it snowed that day so that it actually added some context to it or something like that. That was 100% oh, a God. stock photo. The cat one was not a stock photo. I actually like went on to Instagram to the Bob, the Bobcat Stadium like location and then screenshot someone's video. Nice. Yeah. Stealing. We'll probably I didn't, get a, we'll probably get a mean email from them too. Saying yeah. That didn't, to... Definitely didn't credit anybody for any of those pictures. boy. Yep. So, uh, interesting news. I mean, is that everyone? Is that everything about Choate and Montana That's State? That's all I need to talk about, yeah. Well, interesting thing that we came across, uh, I think it was Monday of this week, uh, Jeremy Calhoun from the Montana Grizzlies uh, is actually leaving the team. Uh, he was the starting running back last year. I think he got into some legal trouble with a fight downtown at the beginning of the year and was suspended for a few games. And uh, basically with the new redshirt rule in college football, you can play four games and still redshirt. Cat Grizz would have been Jeremy Calhoun's fifth game of the season. And so he would have played four games and that would have been his senior year. He chose to sit out Cat Grizz to save his redshirt season so he could come back next year. And apparently got told by the coaching staff that there was not a spot for him next year in Missoula and he is leaving the team. What was your initial reaction on that one? Well, it, it sucks to see him go. Um, yeah. But I think that I guess I have a couple thoughts. Um, one, I, I don't really think that I'm, I'm mad at either side for how this went down. Um, when I'm a strong believer that uh, a coach runs his team and we have to give him a long leash to kind of uh, operate and make decisions and uh, operate the team as, as he sees best. But, you know, to Jeremy Calhoun, like, good for him. He wants to extend his college career. Um, I completely understand why he would want to uh, take his red shirt and get another year. Um, I think that he took a risk um, kind of presenting it this way to Montana and uh, it didn't pay off. But, like he's going to be able to play somewhere. Um, he is, he's a great football player. It sucks that it, it panned out this way. Um, I wish we were seeing him suit up again as a Grizz next season. But you know, at the end of the day, like it's, it was his decision to make, um, yeah. and I, he'll land somewhere, and I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, no, and I think he'll be just fine. I think it's just this, the redshirt rule changing this year is so interesting. Yeah, I for, love it. I love it, too. I mean, the storylines, the chances, like, you're not burning someone's redshirt because you had to put them on special teams on the 10th game of the season because someone got hurt. You know, you're not taking a freshman off the bench just to put him in to cover kicks and losing their redshirt. So I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but it comes to that, it's such a 
such a dilemma, such a choice when you're getting, you have one game left, you've played four games, and I mean, if you look at it realistically, if the Grizz win, Cat Grizz, he plays in that game, they probably have one playoff game at home that they're going to win, and then they'll probably get beat in the second round. I mean, if we're just looking at it as what the yeah, odds are. Yeah, we follow the same out. path as the Cat, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's extending, or basically ending his college career with two extra games, and now he was thinking that he probably got to come back next year, have a nice 12-game slate, playoffs, all that kind of good stuff, and kind of gets that taken away from him. Uh, with the school that he put in three years with, uh, it's. It, it, I feel bad for him that he didn't have a spot. I do. Yeah, me too. Like it's really hard. It's like at one point, you're like you want to be a good teammate, play in that Cat Grizz game, help your team win. Probably the way it went down with Eastwood fumbling too. Maybe he has the ball there. I mean, there's so many unknowns, butterfly effects that come from all of this kind of stuff. But um, interesting, kind of interesting that he's being didn't have a spot left and was told that there was not going to be a spot for him, not even a spot for him to compete on the team. Well, and it's just like, look, I, I think it's so dumb that we don't play college athletes to play their sports. So whenever a player can create some leverage for himself um, and make decisions on himself and kind of uh, get the outcome that he wants for the, the labor that he's putting in, like more power to him. Yeah. Um, and so to me, like, on that respect, I think it's I think it's uh, it's cool that he made the decision for himself to 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 sit out. I mean, as a Grizz fan, like it would have been great to see him in Cat Grizz, but and I'm sure his teammates um, would have wanted him there too. Yeah, I mean, it's but, just like yeah, it's. I mean, I get his side of it. Yeah, I, and so I, I'm not really. It's just kind of like best of luck. Like you made this decision. I I hope him. I hope that he has. A, I I'm, I'm assuming that he can transfer. And play again, right? Like, That's what I don't know. Eligibility. Yeah, it's um, true. I don't know what level or... That's a good question. The one that we didn't look up before we started this is what what is what are his prospects? Does he have to drop down to like a Division two or NAI to play? Mm-hmm. Or can he, tr- can he transfer across the same level and play the next year? That's a great question. Um, so uh, under the assumption that he's able to play again at a division one level if not next year the the year after then this situation to me is just like you know didn't work out great but let's just move on good luck to him um and no certainly no hard feelings for him to i know there's a lot of uh you know a lot of chatter on twitter and on egris that that he was quitting on the football team and uh, you know that kind of spinning of the situation isn't helpful to anybody so i just I think it's good for him um, if he's able to play. If he's not able to play, then I'm going to change my tune a little bit on this. But, um, yeah, let's just yeah, see where he ends too. up. And there's been two, I mean, there's been two higher-profile cases of this redshirt rule coming into play. Jalen Hurts gets his spot taken by Tua down in Alabama yep. and doesn't transfer and comes into that game, the SEC championship game against Georgia, and brings them back and wins it. And you can see how much Saban loves him and his teammates love him, but... I mean, I don't really trust the save when he loves him because he just won in the game. But you know his teammates felt a lot of love for him after coming back and doing that. And then you have uh, Kelly Bryant from Clemson who transferred out once they got a stud uh, freshman quarterback and he's going to be heading to Mizzou next year. So they kind of two different players handled it two different ways. Kelly Bryant left the team uh, because he wanted to save his year. Jalen Hurts stays there, leads them to an SEC championship. So it's interesting how these things can play out. And I honestly, if I was presented with that choice, I do not know what I would do. That would be one of the hardest choices you can make. Yeah. So 
Best of luck to him. I have much more to say. All right, so that's the Cats and the Grizz, what's going on. Now let's talk to some, about some teams that are still in the playoffs. So last week, uh, myself and Bear Tycoon went through the, big, uh, the four Big Sky games that were on the slate and looked at the betting lines in Vegas, came up with our bets, and we went two and two. Yeah. So right down the middle, I got Montana State correct and Weber, or I'm sorry, uh, Davis correct. Yeah, and I, I should have stuck. I'm with sorry, Ewu. I'm sorry. I got Montana State correct and Eastern Washington correct. You got Weber State and UC Davis correct. Yeah, and my Montana State thing, I just got a little too excited. I had written down. Um, you changed at the last yeah, second. And then I, I talked myself into it because I was so. You had, a three in, you had a three in one week going there and yep. threw it all away. Yep, fumbled that one all on right. one. <laughs> so we have four games on the slate this week. Uh, we have the first one we wanted to look at was uh, Maine, number 12 Maine, coming to Weaver uh, to play down there in Utah. The betting line on this game has stayed the same since it opened. It's Weaver State favored. Oh, I'm sorry. You're supposed to uh, pick the line, huh? Um, yeah, we can I do didn't that. tell you what it was, though. You did not tell me what it was. Um, well, they're favored. There's your hint. Weaver State so, is favored. So I'll tell you a little bit about Maine. Yeah, give me. Maine Black Bears went 9-3 and three this year number 12 team in the country. They're out of the Colonial Athletic Association, probably back east somewhere. The Colonial, so they went 7-1 and one in conference this year. They had, at the end of the season, or as of last week, six teams ranked in the top 25. Okay. So, tough conference, really good conference. They had, uh, their losses were Central Michigan and Yale, and then William and Mary, uh, and beat everybody else on their schedule from their conference. The teams in their conference included James Madison, Towson, Stony Brook, Elon, and Delaware, all top 25 teams. Okay. They are the number 18 defense in the country and the number 66 offense in the country Ooh. at Weber State. At Weber State. So I will say that Weber State is favored by a touchdown. And you would be right on. A touchdown and an extra point. Eight points? Seven. Seven Touchdown points. extra points. Jesus. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. We're a football pod, we swear. We're a football pod. Um, one funny uh, University of Maine story. A couple years ago at the Target in Great Falls, I was walking down the aisles getting some last-minute Christmas gifts uh, for the family and went to the where it's normally the Grizz and Bobcat aisle of stuff, and they had all of this University of Maine gear. Um, oh, like, someone got the wrong U of M, huh? Yeah, so all up and down the aisle, T-shirts, hats, footballs with their emblem on it, and it was just someone at the uh, disbursement center really screwed up. Really screwed that one up. So Maine beat Jacksonville State 55-27 to last week uh, in the playoffs, and Weber State crushed uh, southeast Missouri uh, to get to this like third or fourth round of the playoffs. We can't keep track of how many rounds there are anymore. But who's your pick on the main at Weber game? God, I will. I think that. I think that Weber wins but doesn't cover. So I will take oh. Maine. All right. Well, I'm going directly against you. Right to start it off, I think Weber beats them. They've been playing really well lately. I was down on Weber last week, and then I saw what they did to Southeast Missouri. Yeah, they look pretty uh, good. They look pretty good. So I'm going to take Weber there, Mike. But so. yeah, that Maine. I mean. The main resume just seems like they are a pretty solid football team. So yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're coming out of a really tough conference, that Colonial Conference for sure. All right. So the next game on the docket is the the power that we saw last week. We don't have to talk much about them. This is the only well, it's not the only game that doesn't feature a Big Sky team, but kind of one that 
doesn't have a massive connection to us, but North Dakota State is hosting Colgate. North Dakota State obviously coming off of a massive win against uh, Montana State last week. Uh, and so Colgate out of the Patriot League. Patriot League, they're the only ranked team in the Patriot League. They are playing teams such as Holy Cross, Georgetown, Lehigh, Lafayette, Fordham, and Bucknell. Oh. So the Patriot League, not quite your powerhouse that you would think. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, they were 6-0 in conference and 10-1 and overall, so they took care of business when they had to. Their only loss coming against Army um, back in November, and they lost by 14 to Army. They beat everybody else on their schedule and had their game against the Furman Paladins canceled back in September. They beat James Madison last week, though, 23-20. And James Madison, everybody was looking forward to that James Madison-North Dakota State matchup. Yep. But uh, Colgate is going to be going to Fargo to play in NDSU. And what do you think that line is? Well, I don't think Colgate is, is all that good. Um, they are the number one ranked defense in college football, in FCS. In FCS. Um, but the, you get, I mean... But their schedule, They're playing oh my such God. shitty teams... They won. Uh, the, JM, the JMU win is a good win. Um, yeah. But JMU <laughs> has been going through like this coaching turmoil hell for the past 10 days. I would say the the line is slightly worse than where the Cats ended up at. I'll say it's a 28 and a half point line. 25. 25. So NDSU is favored by 25. Probably some bias about being in the second round. That team's probably going to be better than Montana State, is what they would probably think. I just want to roll through Colgate's schedule for one second. From September 8th, when they played New Hampshire and won 10 to 3, through September, I'm sorry, November 10th. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. In that eight game winning streak, they allowed a grand total of 12 points. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty I mean, impressive. But, these, but the Patriot League teams that they were beating, it was, it was pretty bad. It was 45 to nothing, 23 to nothing, 27 3, 31 nothing, 38 nothing, 41 nothing, and then 48 to 6. I mean, that's unquestionably an impressive outcome. Well, um, but, in the Big Sky would be amazing. But the, uh, the, I like doing this whenever there's a big discrepancy, but NDSU ranked number 24. In the Sagarin ratings, Maine is ranked 105. I'm sorry, Colgate is ranked 105. That would be the equivalent distance as if Clems or if uh, Alabama was playing Wyoming or Clemson was playing Middle Tennessee. That so, is fun to do when you do that. That's fun. And so, I mean, even if Wyoming had a great defense against uh, Alabama, Alabama would still be able to score on them. So yeah. I think I like the I, I will. Happily take North Dakota State uh, to, and the to cover um, Given that up the spread. Points. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to take North Dakota State laying 25 against Cole State. I think they absolutely kill them from everything we saw uh, last week. So we're going to go. We're both taking North Dakota State over Colgate. Yep. All right. On to the third game. It's South Dakota State traveling to Georgia to play Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State, first year in the playoffs, their fourth year fielding a team down there uh, in Georgia. Uh, obviously, South Dakota State was a team that absolutely killed Montana State in the second game of the year this year. Kennesaw State came to Bozeman last year and beat the Bobcats, uh, and both of them are now here in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. So uh, we know a little about South Dakota State. They're in the same conference as, the, uh, as um, North Dakota State in the Missouri Valley. Played North Dakota State team. super close, Very right? tough. Yeah. Yes, 17-21 in Fargo. They lost that game by four. Uh, Kennesaw State has been pretty impressive this year. 
they're f uh, only lost this year. They went 11 and one. They're in the Big South with Monmouth, Charleston Southern, Gardner-Webb, Campbell, and Presbyterian. So a very, very weak conference. But they only lost to Georgia State. Their only losses to Georgia State by four points. Um, they rolled off pretty big wins the rest of the way. They did not have one close game until Jacksonville State in uh, the end of uh, November, the last regular season game where they did win 60 to 52. They beat Wofford last weekend 13 to 10, and now they will host the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State who are coming off a 51 to six win against Duquesne. What do you think this line is? Ooh, I, I... This is the one that threw me for a loop mostly probably. Yeah, I would say that South Dakota State is favored, um, and I'll get into the reason why. Even though they're the road team, there's not much of a uh, home field advantage in Kennesaw State. So I would say South Dakota State is favored by five points. Well, you, I would have guessed Kennesaw State being favored in this one, being at home, uh, and seeing you know they're a really good team. Uh, but South Dakota State is favored by seven. Okay. So you're very close on that one. So you are getting a lot better at this guessing game than we were last week. So Kennesaw State. You've been State, in the neighborhood. Kennesaw State, uh, when I was doing research about this game, the first article that came up is from, uh, I can't even tell what newspaper this is, but it's it's the coach of Kennesaw State, Brian Bohanan, uh Super sad about how few people showed up to their playoff game. Oh, I did see that video on Twitter. Paid attendance. Someone's making fun of him. Paid attendance for a second round playoff game against Wofford. 3,500. Smallest, smallest crowd in team history. And the actual attendance was much smaller. Uh, and he just like, all these quotes are so depressing. There's 35 students here and you tell me we can't get 2,000 of them to come to a football game? There's a million people in Cobb and Cherokee County, and we can't get 4,000 of them to come to a game. This is our community. This is what we're about. We need to lean on one another. Um, I can't imagine that South Dakota State's going to be a huge draw in Georgia. Um, so I'd, I'd imagine another pretty, pretty small crowd, though Kennesaw State is offering free tickets to students. So That's uh, nice of them. The Maybe. thing about it, there was some weather issues last week in almost every second round game against Faro because they're pussies and play in a dome. But almost every other matchup had these crazy weather like sleet, snow, ice, all these True. things that you know that you know when you play outside people don't come to your games when you're in Fargo and you still can't sell out the stadium because you're a bunch of wusses that have to have a dome. Yep. So what are you gonna what are you gonna pick in this, the Jackrabbits versus the Owls? Hmm. A battle of two animals I could see, like, kind of fighting. Like, maybe an owl trying to come to get a jackrabbit in the wild. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like This is actually the, one of those things I could see. I like the owl's chances, um, both in nature and in, in this game. I think that despite their shitty crowd, um, Kennesaw State, every step of the way this year, has, has shown that they are a very good football team. Um, so I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm going to take Kennesaw State to, to cover. I think they can win this game. Um, they're a, they're a, I mean, we saw them come into Bozeman last year and just kind of shock everybody. Yeah. Um, not such a surprise factor this year, uh, but they are, I mean, they are building to kind of follow that, that Texas State Bobcat model. Yeah, go up to FBS. Yeah, where you sure. go up to the FBS. I mean, or like what yep. Liberty's doing. Like, that is clearly what they're doing. So they have some, some big boys that they're recruiting. And yeah, I think they're. I think they can win this game, but I think that they will cover. I think that SDSU uh, is a great football team, but um, 
don't know. It's it's a long it's a long trip. Uh, they're going probably going to be shocked at how few people that they're playing in front of, and well, we'll see how they react. South Dakota State had nobody at their game last weekend either, so I will, it's <laughs> like I told you, the attendance was down. It was pretty bad this week if you looked at some of the tweets on there, but. Um, I'm going to take South Dakota State minus seven. I saw. I mean, just watch it. I don't know if it was because they were playing the Cats without Trey Anderson. There was no fire. Um, Choate had an appendix issue, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. which led to uh, that loss of that game. But I'm going to take uh, North Dakota State laying seven. You're going to take Kennesaw State getting seven. And we're back to being against each other, which is what we wanted to be. Yes. Okay. So what kind of sucks is this next game, the final one of the semis, or the quarters is going to be UC Davis traveling to Iwu. Two Big Sky teams had to match up in the quarter. Well, they didn't have to. The committee put them matching up in the quarterfinals, which kind of sucks. It would have been nice to see, you know, it spread out a little bit where uh, we could have three teams into the semifinals, which would be pretty cool. But UC Davis is traveling to Iwu. We know a lot about these teams. We've kind of talked about them all year. Um, what do you think? I mean, just based on we know these two teams. Everybody who's listening knows about these two teams. What's your guess on the line? I mean, just based on... At Eastern Washington. It's at Eastern Washington. When they faced off against each other less than a month ago, um, the yeah. game was at Eastern Washington, and I mean they dominated UC Davis. So I, I think that... I don't know. I will go... Are you eating just something straight from a jar? Uh, it's a Hydro Flask. Oh, got it. We're um, trying to get sponsored by Hydro Flask next year. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I guess I would say probably Eastern by, by 12 points. It's actually the line is Eastern by eight. Okay. So Iwu minus eight, which probably makes sense, if you just assume that that game at the end of the uh, at the end of the season was kind of an anomaly. Because mm-hmm. um, that was probably the worst game UC Davis played all year, and maybe one of the best games Eastern played all year. But yeah, it's Eastern Washington minus eight. So based on our expert knowledge of these two teams, who are you taking here? Hmm. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh, I'm My heart take, and head say two different things here. I'm going to take Eastern. Yeah, and I think I have to go with you. My heart says take my crush, take UC Davis, but I think the way Eastern played last week when they were down a little bit and then just put the pedal down and absolutely demolished whoever the hell they were playing. Um, I think it was Nickel State or something yeah. like that. Uh, I'm going to have to take Eastern here. So we're, we're on the same side on two of these, and we're on opposite sides of two of them. Uh, so the bonus is going to be the over-under in that UC Davis-Eastern Washington game is set right now at 71. Ooh. I'll let you, I will let you pick. I've got to go first on the others. You get to pick this one. And I will happily take the other. Taking the under is so boring, so I'm taking the over. All right. That's, that's what I was hoping was going to happen. Um, I mean, but starting to think about it, if they think that Eastern's winning by eight, what does that put the score at? Like 30... Eight, nah, it's like 40 33 ish. That sounds about right. It's like 41 31. Yeah. Um, Something like that. That's so 10 points. Just I don't looking know. at Eastern. Math is stupid. Looking at Eastern's schedule, um, they lost to Washington State and they lost to Weber State. But besides that, after that Washington State game, so when they get into conference play, they won games in chronological order. By 53 points, 17 points, 38 points, 24 points, 35 points, 39 points, um, 51 points, and 21 points. Like they are. Yeah. 
that Weber State game, I think, and the the Gabrud injury kind of threw everybody off of them a little bit. But I think they might be our best chance of knocking off NDSU in the finals. The Big Sky's best chance, and I don't yeah, think they I, have a great chance. I agree with you there. I think that they are our best chance. They're the best chance. Yeah, I agree with you there. Definitely. Well, your best chance for the best lodging in Montana, where would you assume that we're going to be talking about next? Hmm. Well, I know if I'm staying anywhere in the state for vacation, it's in Butte. And if I'm staying in Butte, it's the Hotel Finland. Yeah, the Hotel Finland is located in the second largest historic district in the USA. It's in Uptown, you know exactly where that's at. It's locally owned and operated. You have to stay at the Hotel Finland. There's a Cavalier Lounge, there's a Smooth Operator. There's the amazing part where you don't have to get an Uber back to the interstate when you want to go to bed after stumbling out one of those bars. You just walk right back to the Hotel Finland. Yeah, it, I mean, every week we go through this song and dance. I hope that you just go check them out. Check out the pictures online. They've renovated this great old hotel. The hotel reminds me of the, the hotel from Home Alone 2, which is this big grand uh, lobby area. It's super old and fancy if you want to impress the That's missus. That's the Lost in New York one, right? Yeah, yeah. Impress yeah. the missus, impress the girlfriend. Uh, take them to Butte for a nice little dinner and stay at not the Hotel them, Finland. Not both of them. Not both of them at the Do same not take time. Both of them. Or get two rooms. Take them separately. Get two rooms at the Hotel yeah. Finland. Um, F-I-N-L-E-N.com. That's where you can book your room. I think Nate's already mentioned it's comparable price or cheaper than what you would find on the interstate. Yep. And the interstate bar, like the bars you're going to get on those hotel chains on the interstate are going to be pretty worthless. The Hotel Finland, you have the Cavalier Lounge. We've talked about the Smooth Operator all year. Infuses your beer with fresh fruit and ingredients. Chills it to the perfect temperature. It's the only one in the United States. So you have to go to the Cavalier Lounge, check out the music that they get in there um, all the time, and have a beer from the Smooth Operator. If nothing else, if you hate this podcast, if you don't like us, you have to go there and just try that Smooth Operator. And I think you'll 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 like us a lot more because you'll see that we're, we're trying to point you in the right direction here. Yeah, we're wrong on a lot, but we are right when it comes to loving the Smooth Operator the Cavalier Lounge and the Hotel Finland. Next time you're in Butte, you got to check them out. Nate, where can you book your room? Nate? Finland.com. I said Finland.com. F-I-N-L-E-N.com. Okay. That's all you have to put in. Just Finland.com. So let's, uh, we talked a little bit about Big Sky, we talked about Weaver, we talked about Eastern Washington and UC Davis, the three teams that are still in the big, uh, the FCS playoffs. We want to go back and, and start grading the Big Sky again. It's been a little while since we've done this. Most teams are done playing. The semester's over. Where do you want to start, Bear Tycoon? Okay, well, I think that we've, we've spent a lot of time on the top-tier teams. Are, are we safe to give Weaver, Eastern, and UC Davis an A? And then caveat this that if one of them makes the championship game, we'll give them an A+. A hundred percent, those teams are A's. Okay, all right, so agree on those. Um, we do not need to talk about them anymore. We don't need to grade them. Yeah, yeah, we know what their grades are. Great seasons to all three teams. Um, let's start from the bottom of the rankings. Uh, actually, how about this? I'm gonna give you a random team from the rankings. We'll do the two Montana schools last, um, and you give me their grades, okay? So I'll give you their resume, 
Got it. Uh, Let's do it. Okay. Like we rehearsed. Like just like we rehearsed. So Portland State, Nate. Portland State, three and five in conference, four and seven overall. If you look at their schedule, um, I think that you can take away two of those overall losses because they're at FBS schools, Nevada and Oregon, and take away one of their wins because it was at College of Idaho. Um, so with that in mind, how would you grade Portland State? Well, I'm going to give them a C-, minus, and I'll tell you why. Coming into the season, they weren't expected to do much. Montana State went out there and absolutely rolled them. But then they got a little, little plucky. They got a little frisky. Went to Washington Grizzly, beat the Grizz on homecoming. And that's mostly where my C- comes from because how amazing that was. Um, but, you know, they also got a win. They won three straight, which was unbelievable. Nobody thought they hadn't won a game in over a year. They beat Montana. They beat yep. uh, Northern Colorado. They beat Sac State. I mean, I get the last two or nothing to be really that proud of. But I'm going to give them a C- just basically for going into Washington Grizzly Stadium and beating the Grizz. Okay, that's that is that is fair. Um, I I mean I'd love to give them an F because of that that Montana win, but um, they exceeded expectations. But uh, you know if a smart student does poorly on a test, they don't get a worse grade because they were smart and, and didn't live up to expectations. Where also if a if a really dumb student somehow exceeds ex- expectations but still gets a seventy five on the test, he gets a C. He doesn't get extra points because he started out dumb. Portland State, we thought was going to be shit. They were slightly better, so I think a C- minus is a very fair grade to give them. Perfect. Um, let's go to Idaho State. So Idaho State was a bit of a darling um, for Big Sky football fans. They did not make the playoffs, but had a case to. They were 5-3. and three. Yeah, if they win that last week. 5-3 and three in conference, 6-5 and five overall. Um, that six and five overall uh, was was hurt because one of the wins was against Western State, which I think we had the toughest time finding when we were doing research for any Big Sky opponent this year. Um, signature wins you could say were against uh, on the road at North Dakota. Um, they beat their in-state rival. They beat Big Brother they beat the shit out Idaho sixty-two to twenty-eight. Um, they, they beat the Bobcats, um, and it, well, I guess they beat Portland state, which is not super impressive. They had a tough schedule. They had a good record. Um, and they had a win against, uh, a playoff team. Um, and you could argue North Dakota should have been in the playoffs too. Um, so where knowing that, how would you rank Idaho state? I got to give them a B minus. I mean, coming into it, I think maybe sometimes we just think that these teams that are always going to be at the bottom are just going to stay at the bottom. Yeah. You know, we have our UC Davises, Idaho State. Northern Colorado has proven that theory true um, for the most part. I don't think they'll ever be worth anything. You know, Southern Utah came up and didn't do anything for a while, then was kind of good for a while. So Idaho State, I say a B minus. They came up. They did get that impressive win. I mean, it's a good win against North Dakota on the road. They absolutely shit-canned Idaho. Beat up, they beat the Cats. Um at home, I think though the things that really killed him was the loss uh, at Cal Poly, November tenth is basically the loss that knocked them out of the playoffs. Yeah, totally. Because then they came they came back home and played Weber State and lost by thirteen. And Weber was going to be, they were Weber was supposed to beat 
Idaho State. But after that Cal Poly loss, that Weber State was a must win for Idaho State to get into the playoffs. Thank God they didn't because they got the Cats in. But I have to give Idaho State a B minus, a pretty dang good season. That Cal Poly loss was the their undoing. Yep, I think that's fair. Um, it, did I give my? Uh, so I'm going to give them a. I, you have not given. I, I'm going to give them a solid B. Um, I agree with most of the points that you made. I when I did my grading, I tried to do like a true curve, so we didn't have too many wow. F's or A's. I tried to and. And so I think they, when you look at how the Big Sky performed overall, I think they are uh, the, I mean, they were statistically the fifth best team. You can make an argument that they were a spot uh, higher or lower um, than that. So I think they are, I, I think they are a solid B. Um, do we, I guess I didn't look up North Dakota. Do we want to do North Dakota? Nah. Yeah, fuck them. Um, <laughs> North Dakota is one of, they were, what's it called when like you're just observing a college class, but you don't get to take the final? They took, they took the class pass fail this year. They passed, but I don't want to do any further or not. I have no idea what you call that, but I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, let's go to Northern Arizona. Interesting case. And what a weird season. Super weird season. Um, their star quarterback, we ranked them super high in our preseason polls. Uh, but it was it was all dependent on their quarterback Case Cookus playing, um, and he he was injured in game two against Eastern Washington. In that game against Eastern, uh, Northern Arizona lost by five points um, against a team that is now poised to, uh, you know, they're in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. They're the highest rated Big Sky team. Um, Northern Arizona also started off the year with a win at FCS or FBS UTEP. They beat them by 20 points. They were favored on the road against a team, a division above them. Um, but then the wheels kind of came off, and it's the Cookus injury that certainly did not help things. Um, but their only wins for the rest of the year, Southern Utah, who stinks. But then they, they had a great win against Weber State, and they beat North Dakota the last game of the season. Um, if you look at their losses, you know, it. Yeah, you can blame it on, on Cookus, I guess, but... Uh, they were able to get some some nice wins in there. Also, um, also just adding to the weirdness of the season, they had a game against Sacramento State canceled, and it was just not made up because of the forest fires. Um, yep. So I, you've gone first overall um, for the first few, but I will go first on this one. I gave Northern Arizona, uh, who was three and four in the conference, four and six overall. I gave them a C. Um, I'm waiting that UTEP, UTEP win quite a bit, um, just because it was. Uh, to me, it's super impressive when uh, FCS school can be favored and then win big against a team from the upper conference. Yeah, no, I, I, that UTEP win is big. It's it's always fun to see an FBS team go down uh, to an FCS school. But I think with Cook is coming into the year, I think we gave we had some pretty lofty expectations as we normally do for Northern Arizona, especially when you bring a guy back like Case. Uh, we still have no idea what the hell happened to him, right? Not really. No, I mean, like, no idea. Yeah, he can. I mean, he can take advantage of that red shirt. I'd imagine. Yeah, I would assume so. Um, but uh, without Cookus, I mean, they had some. They lost to Northern Colorado, forty-two to fourteen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, bad. I have to give Northern Arizona a D plus this year, just for. I mean, just a shitty season all the way around. Um, there's no reason that Northern Arizona should be at the bottom of the Big Sky or towards the bottom. And I get that they didn't have Cookus, but they did have a drop-down quarterback who had who could play the game. Yeah, but um, they also started four different quarterbacks. 
Like, True. They were they were really banged up. Well, you know, you get injured, go into a uh, you know a final, and you don't make it. The teacher doesn't let you make it up. You're still going to get a bad grade. Yeah, good point. Good point. So Jerome Sowers, a little Northern Arizona news. Jerome Sowers, who basically was fired in the middle of last season, and then came back and had an amazing end of the season, got rehired basically, and um, for the 2018 season. Stepped down right after the their season-ending win against North Dakota. So Jerome Sowers is back out um, as coach of Northern Arizona. Going going out on top. Um, yeah. But he's also staying with the university. It just seems like a very awkward uh, athletic department to, to try to be rooting for and following. Um, okay, so I'm done talking about Northern Arizona for the next 10 months. Um, have we, we have not done Idaho. No, we have not. Idaho. Our oh, Idaho. God. Our Vandals. We were pretty excited about them dropping down. Uh, we thought it was going to add some competitiveness to the big sky. And holy crap, were we wrong. They are bad. They, And they also had this super weird schedule. So uh, on bookending the season, they started off with a, a humiliating loss at Fresno State on a game that was only televised on Facebook. Um, and then lost at Florida. So we can toss those two losses. I'm not going to hold them against them, I suppose. No. But three and five in conference, four and seven overall, or four and five if you want to toss those FBS uh, uh, losses. But then, I mean, they just they were super underwhelming in the Big Sky. They had a nice win at North Dakota, and that's that is the only thing we can say about them. Their highlight of the year was beating North Dakota. At home, 31 to 27. Their other losses came against Western New Mexico, Portland State, and Southern Utah. Truly uh, the bottom of the barrel in the big sky. Uh, it's just a weird situation where they have this dual quarterback uh, happening in Idaho, but one of the quarterbacks is the coach's son, and that coach is being paid $4 million a year for it. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Um, I will, well, I'll let, I'll let you grade them first. Oh, they're getting an F. Yeah. When you drop down as an FCS school, or I'm sorry, an FBS school to the FCS, you come into the big sky, uh, hopefully you're going to be able to compete. And they did not. They got absolutely shit-canned by UC Davis. They got absolutely shit-canned by Idaho State. They lost by an extra point to Montana State. Not a shit-canning. Uh, Eastern Washington killed them. The Grizz killed them. Florida killed them, but we don't care about that. Idaho came in and basically beat the teams they were supposed to. Uh, like you said, that UND wins maybe their only impressive one, but I mean that's just a horrible season for a team dropping down from the FBS. Yeah, and I'll give them so. And all apologies to our boys on Chubs at the Club. Yeah, I mean, so here, here's I have a few points. Um, Tubs at the Club. Sorry. A few, a few points on them. Um, you know, I think that Idaho. It's good that they're in the Big Sky. I mean, there are like you. It's imp- It's awesome that they have a, a big like sports blog uh, culture there. The Tubbs and the Clubs guy, it, guys are awesome. They have a great website. They have a great podcast. So it's fun to have like a real fan base to root for. We don't, like we can't even find out what the hell happened to Case Cookus. And Northern Arizona is one of the better schools historically in, in the big sky. So it's good to have Idaho back. Um, but there, there's just not much. Uh, to be excited about. I had one more point on them, but but it's already left my brain, and that is okay. I will give them a D. Um, yeah, they did get some wins, but just pretty pretty uninspiring overall. 
Um, next up, do you? How about how about you get to choose the next team? Do you or do you, oh, you're giving it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go to my one of my favorites, and it's Sacramento State. Okay. So Sacramento State came in with some pretty damn lofty expectations. Yep. <laughs> and I saw through their facade of being a good team because of their insanely weak schedule last yep, year. Yep, you were now, all over this. <laughs> I was all you over were. this from the beginning. Um, someone at the Mint uh, from the Grizz podcast said that I know nothing about football. Sacramento State's a good team. That win that Montana had over them was going to be a really good win. They're going to be strong the rest of the way. Nope. Not, not going to pull the wool over Nate's eyes on this schedule thing from last year. Uh, so the Hornets <laughs> come into the year and are just horrible. Well, started out strong. Don't forget the big week one win. And I, I can't remember who that was against now. Oh, it was against St. Francis of Illinois. Not, Illinois. Not the St. Francis that we know and love, but St. Francis of Illinois. So they yeah. did start out. They, I bet you were a little nervous because they did start out 2-1. and one. Um, Their loss was a pretty competitive game against FBS San Diego State, and then they beat Northern Colorado, and then they just... Never, then the wheels fell off. Never, never won another other game. Every single team, the next five games, scored at least forty-one points on them, <laughs> and then finally they lost to Weber uh, on November third by twelve. They had kind of a mercy week off when the wildfires were going on and the smoke was here. They didn't get to lose to NAU, and then UC Davis. They had to play that game in Reno, and they got absolutely hammered, fifty-six to thirteen. Sacramento State is getting my F. Yeah. No, happily give them an F. They, I mean, I am happily giving this to them. I also won two hundred dollars from them being so bad. Hey, and how about this? I'll give you an A for calling it at the beginning of the year. Thank you. you really, you were, I appreciate you. I thank you. You were all over it. Um, let's stick with the with the dum dums in the class and move over to uh, Southern Utah. We have not covered yet. This is another one that uh, you know Southern Utah. Everyone they've they've had a competitive. A uh, few years in the big sky, right? Like they've surprisingly surprisingly yeah. competitive. They have, uh, you know, put up some NFL talent. They've they've looked good a couple of the past few years. Um, but you and I sat down and went through their opening schedule, and we just knew it was like holy crap! Like they are, they're not going to win a game until uh, mid. Mid October, but we thought that they were opening with a with a cupcake, North Alabama. They end up losing that game, and then they lose four more in a row, get a win at Sac State, so super shitty Sac State that we just talked about. They beat them, and then they lost the rest of their games. Um, it's it is a season to forget if you are a Thunderbird fan from Southern Utah, though I'm convinced there are no Southern Utah fans, period. Uh, they just, you know, there's nothing. I'm looking at kind of their numbers for the year. There's nothing to be excited about. One in 10 overall, one in seven in conference. They got and outscored. And only against uh, yeah. <laughs> Sac State. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, point, points forced, 281, points allowed, 456. This is uh, a solid case for an F as I've ever seen it. This is as bad as a season can get unless you just go over. Yeah, they're getting an F. Okay. I mean, there's nothing you can do no. about that. No, um, and we are kind of circling 
uh, some other bad teams here. So let's do Cal Poly. Northern Colorado. Oh, Cal Poly. Cal- well, Northern Colorado is way worse. Yeah. Well, I want to, that's why I'm moving away. We're going to spring back up to kind of the middle, oh, middle okay. of the class. Cal Poly, just up front with everybody. I'm giving them a C minus. Um, actually, scratch that. I'm going to give them a C plus, And here's why. Their overall record, four and four, or five and six in conference, four and four. But their losses on the year, so they've lost six games. Out of those losses, North Dakota State, Weber State, Eastern, UC Davis, Montana, Montana State. Six of the best programs in all of football. Five playoff teams. One fringe arguably should have been playoff team. That's a tough schedule Cal Poly won against. Now, good teams will beat other good teams. Cal Poly is not a good team. But they also they had a win against Idaho State. They beat, they won the games they should have won, lost the games they should have lost. Um, as a result, I'm just going to give them a, a C plus. Yeah, and I think they turned it on a little bit at the end of the year. Yep. I mean, and they knocked. The, I, they, yeah. It should have been a C, but being they beat Idaho State and kind of opened up the door for one of the Montana schools to make the playoffs. Made Cat Grizz a, uh, a play-in Worth game. Something, yeah. yeah, hats off to Cal Poly for doing that. And they played a tough game against Weber earlier in the year, only lost by seven. So I'd give them a C plus as well. I think they, I mean, they were feisty at the end of the year there. Um, they were playing their best football while Montana State beat them. The Montana State scores is showing a little bit closer than probably how that game went. But, um, man, they were a physical team. And our boy Joe Prothrow, one of the best fullbacks in the country. So I give them a C plus for kind of how they finished the year and also for having Joe Prothrow. I know, Prothrow is so fun. And the guys that part of my take are giving out uh, fullback of the year, I think that they got to strongly consider Joe Prothrow just for the numbers that he's put up. Um, super quick, let's do Northern Colorado. They lost every game. To? Do we have to? They lost every game except against a beat-up Northern Arizona team, and then they won on the road at Southern Utah. Uh, I will give them a D just to keep my my uh, my curve, curve true, but uh, this is a prime candidate for an F. If you give them an F, I would not be offended. I wish they would just leave our conference, to be honest with you. I find no benefit from having them in there, so I'm giving them a... Um, I, I like. I want to give them an F, but that'd be like three Fs that I've given out. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like they didn't have any expectations anyway. I'll begrudgingly give them a D minus just to get the curve up a little bit. Okay. And I never want to talk about them again, please. Okay. Deal. We do not have to talk about them. Um, and then we Can we just make that a rule that we never talk about Northern Colorado on this podcast. Sure. Yeah. Let's find another Colorado. All right. School. It's right there. We are right. So now whenever we want to talk about Northern Colorado, we will not be uh, talking about them. We'll be talking about another school somewhere in Colorado. Okay. Um, Write that down. And then uh, just real quick, I'll do the Cats and Grizz together because we have talked about them a lot. Um, I think that you have to give the Bobcats uh, a B plus. Um, I don't think you can give them an A just for how the season kind of ended. Uh, their record overall was not awesome, but it's – they are a top-tier student in the class. Um, the, the teacher loves them. The teacher wants to call on them. Um, and, you know, I, I think you got to be super happy with how the season turned out. As a student, I was super happy with the B+. So I'm giving them a probably like an 89% B+. Yeah, and I think you and I, I agree with that one. That was what I had for Montana State going into this was B+. Um, the expectations weren't quite 
there at the beginning of the season. I think they exceeded them by making the playoffs. Even that little special run at the end there to win out um, after the Idaho State loss, um, a tough Cal Poly team, obviously Montana, and then winning that first round game against Incarnate Word kind of really got uh, got us back to getting a taste of what the playoffs were like and what a playoff win is like. So I have to give them a B plus. Um, it'd have been great to see them not get Northern or North Dakota State in the second round and maybe get someone that was a little more manageable and kind of seeing how they did against someone later in the year that's in that top tier but it's not out of this world. You know what I mean? Like even if they could have played the Kennesaw State just to see how they matched up to a team like that. But I had to give them a B plus. It was an awesome year and I, I couldn't be happier with how this season went. Um, as a whole. Yeah, and, you know, I looking at their schedule as a whole, looking at from August 30th through the game at North Dakota State, their resume is even more impressive. Um, four of their five losses, four of the teams that they lost to are still in the playoffs. NDSU, Weber State, Eastern, and South Dakota State. And that Idaho State loss is not a bad loss. So um, good season for the Cats. Yeah, good season. Good season for the Cats for sure. And it, it's fun to just get that. And we've honestly, we've had the optimism kind of the last now three seasons with those wins over the Grizz the last two years, hoping that it kind of jump starts everything. This one was really special to get that win over the Grizz and then get into those playoffs and, and kind of hopefully give these players a taste of what they can do um, on this team going into next season. Yeah, and then the, the last team we got a grade is, is the Montana Grizzlies, save the best for last. Um, they went four and four in conference, six and five overall. That's a comparable record to, um, you know, Montana State, Idaho State, and Cal Poly, and just kind of how we graded them. Montana fits somewhere in the middle, so uh, I think overall they're probably a B. Looking objectively, it's probably a B, but the the uh, just terrible loss to Montana State and how that ended. Um, and also kind of that Portland State loss. Like those are two things that stick it on their resume that, that to me would, would knock them down a little bit. Um, so I would give them a, a B minus on the season. It was a disappointing season, but when you kind of look overall at their their record, the points that they put up, the fact that they had a pretty good differential when it comes to uh, – points forced and points allowed. The Grizz had a, a, a good year and just, you know, it did not pan out for them as, as we would have hoped. Yeah, and it's a tough one because I don't want to be, like, too homerish and people think I would be. I almost want to give them – it's almost a C-plus because they had those chances and they kind of blew it and they weren't the team that you expect a Bobby Houck team to be, disciplined, fiery, come back from adversity type of teams, you know, North Dakota, they basically just quit after that first quarter and got absolutely killed. UC Davis, it was just turnovers this year. Against Western Illinois, the turnovers lost in that game. Against Portland State, turnovers lost that game. Davis, I mean, Davis was a good team, but turnovers lost that game. And then obviously the ultimate two turnovers lost that Cat Grizz game. So I think they performed, I, I mean, a blow average for a Hauk team, which is saying is not saying a lot because all of his Grizz teams were highly above average teams in his first stint. Uh, but I have to give him a C-plus just because you get rid of Stitt, you get Hauk in there, you think there's going to be some fire, some energy, some Hauk, uh, not luck, but a Hauk mystique maybe for this team. Yeah. And it never really happened. And I know that it's his first year back, but I have to give him a C plus. It just didn't feel like a Hauk Grizz team. And they finished six and five, one game over 500, which kind of equates to a C plus. Um, but like you said, they were 
couple games away from having a B plus season like the Cats did. Yeah. So let's you know. We, we've talked about their season a ton. Um, I'm very optimistic as to where things stand with the Grizz going forward. Um, and part of that is just kind of the, the level of talent that they have on the roster. Um, transitioning away from grades now, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Dante Olson, the Grizz yeah. defensive superstar named as one of the three finalists to the, the Buck Buchanan Award for the top defensive player in the league, in the FCS. Um, insane that that he is one of the finalists for this, but was not uh, the defensive player of the year in the big sky. Just looking at uh, his numbers, in one game he had 24 tackles. That's more than I've had in my entire life. Well, it's not hard to beat that number. But Have you, have you, number, not have you tackled Olsen's. 24 people in your life? On a football field, no. Just generally. Outside of a football field, generally, definitely. Okay. Uh, Our sophomore year house at Montana State was insane. Okay. I think I'm probably like at 18 total tackles in my life. And that's I put myself at a full 50. That's including a very disappointing football career for myself where on the defensive end, I was normally just uh, run over. Um, yeah. I'd probably say I'm close to 50 lifetime tackles. Yeah. So Olsen, you know, school record, 151 tackles this year. Uh, if you watch the games, he, you know, it's not a surprise that, that he is where he's at. Um, and it's awesome to see Big Sky players, Montana players in particular, uh, recognized for these national awards. Um, yep. And it just kind of goes to show the talent that we can bring in this state. Hopefully, it's, it's a sign of good things to come. Yeah, and so I think you mentioned it that, or maybe you didn't, but... So he's a Buck Buchanan nominee, so one of the three best defensive players in the league. Yep. And he did not win the Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year award. Yes, I did mention that. You did, okay. So I wanted to go I remember you did, and I was looking something up when you were talking, so I was spacing a little bit. But Skyline Sports tweeted out something the other day that, I, that caught, my, caught my eye. So um, Jared Allen in 2003 won the, won the Buchanan Award. Uh, Tyrone Holmes in 2015 won the Buchanan Award, and Caleb Schreibice in 2012 from Montana State uh, won the Buchanan Award, and all three of those guys did not win Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> so stupid. It's unbelievable. Like, how can you be the number one defensive player in the country and not even win it in your own conference? Well, the, the, for an explainer on how these decisions are made, I'd encourage everyone to go listen to the Grizz Fan podcast from last week because they go into, like, the process, and it is a... It is as bad as you um, would imagine it, it, it could possibly be. I forget the exact details, but basically all the coaches get on a conference call and just start like haggling for their players um, to be all big sky and to win these awards. So, you know, if you only play half the teams in the big sky, you're not going to know. They, like, it's just not a good representation of... Uh, yeah. Of, of how a vote should be to get somebody on teams. Yeah, it's it's, it's a dumb process. But um, yeah. it seems like he's getting his dues for uh, the season at the with his Buchanan Award, so best of luck to him. Yeah, best of luck to him. It's, uh, it's cool to see Big Sky players get uh, nominated and rewarded these things. Um, Caleb Schreibweiss and Brad Daly uh, won it in back-to-back years in 2012 and 2013, I believe, and that was pretty cool for Montana State to get two guys in a row to win that award. So... Always cool when a big sky, uh, big sky conference can, can get that recognition for the the defense it plays. So, 
Is that everything you have for the big sky? Yeah. Yep. All right. So, yeah, our Calgary Stamps won the Grey Cup. Real awesome. Last weekend, two weekends ago. Amazing. We're still high, uh, high off of that one. But we're still going to do our Stamps watch. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. What's the update? Two big things. So, first off, three Stamps were chosen as CFL All-Stars. One of them, friend of the podcast, Alex Singleton. Congratulations. The second in a row All-Star. Your boy. In the, in, in my boy. He's an All-Star again. We're going to try and get him on for next week or sometime. There's another interview. But Singleton back as a CFL All-Star. And then a little bit closer to home, Dave Dickinson entered the College Football Hall of Fame yesterday on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, Dickinson, obviously the head coach of our Calgary Stampeders, officially inducted into the U.S. College Football Hall of Fame along with nine others. Awesome, awesome honor for him. He definitely deserves it. Uh, Super Dave, um, he's kind of a Montana hero no matter uh, what allegiance you have, cat or grits. You know what's funny about Dave Dickinson is that he is a hero in uh, two different countries, geographically close, Alberta and Montana. And I would wager that very few people in Montana realize like the career he's had in Canada and very few people in Canada realize the career he had in Montana. I would agree. That's a hundred percent true. So congrats to, uh, Alex Singleton. Congrats to Dave Dickinson. Uh, you're the reason we got to have our stamps watch this week in the off season. Yep. All right. Now it's time for your your pride and joy. Oh, Brock Osweiler. The Brock it's Osweiler, the Osweiler watch. watch. I love him. You love him. We all love him. Montana's favorite NFL quarterback, Brock Osweiler, formerly of the Denver Broncos, formerly of the Houston Texans, Cleveland he was Browns. Cleveland Brown, too, yeah. Back to the Denver Broncos, but now Miami Dolphins, backup quarterback. He has had himself a heck of a year. He has started a handful of games in the replacement of an injured Ryan Tannehill, and he single-handedly kept the playoff hopes alive for the Miami Dolphins. Unfortunately for Brock and us, not much of a box score the past couple weeks because uh, Tannehill's back in healthy and the Dolphins are winning. So um, he's got to keep our, our focus on the playoffs. You never know when Tannehill why go don't, down. Why don't the why don't the R words trade for him? Down they're down to Mark Sanchez. Well, but I mean, it, this just is a huge confidence boost to all of us uh, Brock fans that if. Josh Johnson is still getting looks in the NFL. If Mark Sanchez is still floating around the NFL, Brock Osweiler is going to be in our lives for a long, long time. He is good enough to be a bad starting quarterback um, or a great starting quarterback, but he's like the best backup quarterback imaginable. Seems like a real team player. Seems like a real real football guy. Really uh, studies the film, helps the, the starting quarterback. So... Uh, I, I prediction that Brock Osweiler will be in the NFL um, for 15, 15 more years. How long is Santa? Probably forever. Yeah, forever. Too long. All right. So <laughs> that's the best Osweiler watch you've done all season. <laughs> Trying to find like two minutes of content after he hasn't played a game the last two weeks. So I really have to say great job there. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so that's everything we got this week. Uh, Montana State, Montana, they're not playing this week, obviously. It's the first time uh, since early August where at least one of our eh, – late August where one of our teams hasn't been playing. So it's a little bit of a bummer, but we're going to be back next week with uh, with some more fun. Um, but uh, thanks for sticking with us, even though we didn't have a ton to talk about for Montana teams. But we're going to be looking at those Big Sky games this weekend and hoping that we get some representation into the semifinals. Yeah, uh, make sure you listen to the Grizz Fan Podcast, the Montana Middle, the – all the podcasts at the Montana Mints 
putting out. Check out the Montana Mint store to buy yourself some cool Montana-made goods. And yeah, it's been a it's been a fun season. We look forward to to uh, continue to do this for the next uh, probably a lesser schedule, but for sure continuing to do this down the road. Awesome. All right. Well, we're gonna let everybody go. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Later. Goodbye. Stand up and cheer, too long and loud for dear Montana. For today we raise the blue and gold to wave victorious. Our sturdy band now is fighting, and we are sure to win the fray. We've got the vim, we're here to win, for this is dear Montana State. Blue Bobcat Cup. Let's get fired up and have a party, a big Bobcat party. We love you, Blue Bobcat Cup. We lift you up. Let's beat the Grizzlies. Let's beat the Grizzlies.